Things are happening. There's a real movement taking place. It's Acts 1, 2, 3, and 4, and we are studying it today. It is very good. Stay with us. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembert. And I'm Janice. This is Bible Discovery TV. We study the Bible. We go through the Bible in one year, and this is our 32nd year. And we're in the book of Acts, and in, in about five minutes, we'll talk about this. It's going to be very, very interesting. But also, Ryan Hembry is here. Ryan, what's going on? All right, well, today we read about the tragedy of Ananias and Sapphira who were struck down by God as a result of their sin. My segment today looks back to the Old Testament where we see God do the same thing to two of Israel's priests. Very interesting. Janice? Well, it's our Friday wrap-up question. That means that I can take all of our readings back for seven days and pick a question from there, anywhere from John chapter 9 through to Acts 5. Get ready. All right. Also, Pastor John is with us. We're going to talk more about his church today. So let's get ready and go. Acts 4, 21 through 37. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over forty years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly... Against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats, and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word, by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, 
a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Acts chapter 4, verses 21 through 37. Acts chapter 4 and 5, you know, Acts was written by Luke. It is an amazing passage of scripture. And, and the 28 chapters in the book of Acts could be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And it's clear that the people of the early church had a unique kind of joy and a unique kind of excitement. And these people of the way, or Christians, even gave what they had to provide others now think about that, Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 37. Think about that. The scriptures tell us that they had all things in common. Now this was not to push some kind of agenda to establish an economic system like socialism or communism. It was about surrendering all things to God. In other words, putting the power back in his hands and living as living sacrifices to God. Those Christians rejected their own attitudes of power and control in order that they could share with others who were without. This was a result of a revival that happened as a result of the arrival of God's Holy Spirit. Many of the religious leaders were left out of this arrival because they hated Christ. They had rejected him and had put him to death. It's amazing that nothing could stop the plan of God. Nothing. Jesus Christ conquered death and proved that death was not final because we have eternal life. If we are Christians, if we are people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have achieved that through the Lord. And we don't change ourselves. It is the Holy Spirit of God that comes inside and changes us, beloved. Very important. Something we should think about. Take your Bible guide out and uh, read today because this is going to be interesting as we read of one accord, Acts chapter 4. And let me say that if you don't have a Bible guide, please call us and write to us and we'll send you a Bible guide. We've got a lot of exciting things happening in the near future here. So next year, we're going to do this all again. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be better. Church 365 is, everything's going to be better. So make sure you go to our website, BibleDiscoveryTV.com and find out more information as we go forward. But today we need to pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, I ask you today, in the name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, that you would help us to learn your word. Help us to open our hearts to see what you have said and not to read into it, but to let it change us instead of us trying to change it to fit our ideas. Help us, Lord to hear your word, which you have given to us. In Jesus' wonderful name, and we said together, amen. Now with that in mind, let's carefully approach the Bible. We're going to look at chapter 21, This or chapter 4, verse 21. This is very interesting. So when they had further threatened them, they, the, the religious people threatened the disciples. They let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. Verse 22. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, 
They went into their own companions and reported all that the chief priest and the elders had said to them. So when they heard that they raised their voices to God with one accord and they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David had said, why did the nations rage and the peoples plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. The point is the healing of the man, the healing of a man in Jesus' name stirred the authorities against the disciples. Okay, the religious authorities against the disciples. When we pray together in one accord, <laughs> things happen. What happened? What, what, what's the story here? If you just joined us and you're not sure what's going on. Well, it's simple because there's a man sitting there who's been crippled for over 40 years at the temple gate called Beautiful. And he's wanting money. And Peter goes in, he says, silver and gold have we none, but what we do have, we give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And suddenly he walked and danced around and jumped because he was healed by the power of God. And they got upset with him because he said, in the name of Jesus Christ. They did not like that. The religious people got upset with him. Fascinating. All right, Acts chapter 4, verse 27. For truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel... We're gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats. <laughs> Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. That's preaching. That's what I'm talking about. The word of God is preached with boldness through the Holy Spirit, beloved. We must be filled with the power of God's Holy Spirit to proclaim our testimony. The word of God is not just for your pastor and it's not just for somebody else to say. It's for you to say. It's for you to talk. Do you know the word of God? Let me tell you, people will come to you and ask you and you can use the word of God. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name for the persecuted church that bold signs and wonders will be done in your name. Heal them and help them and may the people come to know you in Jesus' name. We can pray that in Acts chapter 4 for the persecuted church today. Isn't that something? Keep that in mind. Let's go back to the scripture because this is better. Acts chapter 4, 32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked for all who were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each and anyone who had need. 
and Joseph, who was also a man named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Which brings me to the third point. The arrival of the Holy Spirit brought a change to those who believed. A change even with their possessions. Do we own the things we possess? Or do the things we own possess us? Do we own the things we possess? Or do the things that we own possess us? Very interesting. Don't let things possess you. Let God, the living God, possess your soul today. Come to Him now. Very important. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. Welcome back to the program. Today we read about the tragic deaths of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. And if you haven't read it, this husband and wife had sold a piece of their property in order to give the money to the church. But the problem was that they deceptively held back part of the money for themselves. And it's important that we understand the real sin here. It wasn't that Ananias and Sapphira held back some of the money, since the money already belonged to them but that they lied about it, and God killed them by his own hand for lying to the Holy Spirit. And we see a similar event in the Old Testament. In Leviticus 10, in, uh, Aaron's sons Nadab and Abihu, who were made priests of Israel, are also struck down by God. And what was their sin? Well, the Bible tells us that they offered profane fire before the Lord. But what exactly does it mean to offer profane fire? What was it exactly that got them killed? Well, let's do some digging. Leviticus chapter 10 records the tragic death of Aaron's two oldest sons, Nadab and Abihu, who each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. While there is no question in this passage regarding the cause of death, questions do arise regarding the exact cause for death. Actually, there were multiple infractions committed against the Lord here. First of all, as the Jamieson Fawcett Brown commentary points out, this incense service never was Nadab and Abihu's duty to begin with. This was a responsibility given first to Moses and then to the newly appointed high priest Aaron. Nevertheless, they entered in unauthorized and proceeded to offer up a fire which is described in Hebrew as profane, strange, different, or foreign. Nadab and Abihu apparently used coals of fire that were not taken from the brazen altar, as had been clearly prescribed by God earlier. This strange fire violated God's word and would have set a disastrous precedent. This act also most likely involved the entering into or trying to enter the most holy place. Because the prohibition of strong drink comes right after the deaths of Nadab and Abihu, many believe that these men were under the influence. Whatever the case, the sin of Nadab and Abihu consisted not only of their venturing in unauthorized 
to perform the incense service, which was the highest and most solemn of the priestly offices, and not only in their engaging together in a work which was the duty only of one, but in their presuming to intrude into the Holy of Holies, to which access was denied to all but the high priest alone. In this respect, they offered strange fire before the Lord. They were guilty of a presumptuous and unwarranted intrusion into a sacred office which did not belong to them. For the offering up of impure fire, the all-consuming and holy fire from the most holy place, went out from the Lord and devoured them, though it appears that neither their bodies nor robes were consumed. God is a holy God and will never allow his holiness to be violated, not even by members of the high priest's family. So both Nadab and Abihu and Ananias and Sapphira were struck down by God for their actions. And as tragic as that is, it's important to understand that they knew what God expected of them, and yet they chose to disobey. And my grandfather, commenting on this, said God always gives us ample information about his expectations of us. Nadab and Abihu, as well as Ananias and Sapphira, were well informed. And truthful, truthfully, most sin is done deliberately, not out of ignorance. Nadab and Abihu and Ananias and Sapphira did what they wanted, not what God commanded. So may we not make the same mistake that they did. Yeah, that's important because unintentional sin is, uh, you know, you offer sacrifices for it in the Old Testament law, but you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you for all sins uh, in the New Testament. And it's important to remember that. That's mm -hmm. very important. Janice? All right. Well, it's Friday, which means we have a question. So it means we're going to get and nailed. And typically, our daughter, Corey, and Ryan have to answer this question, but Corey is on maternity leave, so she doesn't have to answer the question today. However, we do have Pastor John visiting, and we have Ryan. Beautiful. Rod, you're here as a phone a friend in case we have any difficulties. <laughs> phone a friend. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. You can be the phone a friend, and you at home, of course. We all have fun. Uh, if you get the answer wrong, that's okay. I always say that's how we learn. So here is the question. Who anointed the feet of Jesus with very expensive oil and wiped his feet with her hair? Who anointed the feet of Jesus with very expensive oil and wiped his feet with her hair? Is it number one, Miriam? Is it number two, Mary? Is it number three, Martha? There's your options. Miriam, Mary, or Martha? Who was it that anointed the feet of Jesus. And <laughs> they're, they're conferring. They're conferring. Yep. I see a lot of head nods. I agree, nods. Yeah, John. Yep. yep. Would you like to answer? We'll go with number two. We'll go with number two, which is Mary. And if you went with that same answer at home, it's absolutely right. You can check me out always. John 12, verse three. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Mary, Excellent. good job. Very good. Good job. <laughs> Pastor John, uh, we go to your church on Sunday. It's a wonderful church. And uh, it's a big church and all of that. And But people don't see this. Let's go back to the time you came to know the Lord. You were in a cloakroom. You gave your heart to Jesus Christ through that. And what was it that you felt immediately afterwards, uh, after you came to know the Lord? Were you happy? There was such a joy that flooded into my heart and into my soul. I knew that I knew that I knew that I'd made the right decision. Uh, things changed uh, right away. Uh, everything just turned around. There was such a, a desire uh, 
to share uh, my new faith with my friends, with my family, with those around me. And it was such a, a great joy uh, to do that. And then, of course, you know, I got involved in a, in a church uh, that, uh, again, the people were exuberant about their newfound faith as well. They were well. joyful as well. They were joyful, joyful within their heart, within their soul. And, uh, and immediately I started to get involved in that church. I think it's critical that as soon as people, you know, accept the Lord as their savior, that they become involved in the church, uh, because we need to know how to better pray, how to read that Word of God. Uh, one of the things I love about Bible Discovery TV is the fact that since you have all been coming to our church, it's, it's like a two-way street. Uh, you say you're blessed coming to our church, but we're blessed having you because uh, here's something, and, and I say this to your viewers, uh, since I've been more aware of what you have been doing, over the last four years, I have not missed one program, <laughs> not one. Now, I may not catch it all on the same day because of my schedule, but I make sure that I catch the program because it blesses me. So that discipline is within my nature. And when I got saved, I got involved in the church. And my first job, my first assignment was giving out hymn books at the door, welcoming people as they would come into church. And I made up my mind, Pastor Rod and Janice, that I was going to be the best hymn book giver-outer <laughs> that I could be in welcoming people. Because you know something, sometimes you can walk into certain places and you don't always feel welcome. And one of the things even within our church is that I'm a great believer we have to live by example. You know, and you know, again, recently, you know, with the Queen's passing, here, here was a woman who was called the Servant Queen. And I believe that the moment that we accept Christ into our hearts, uh, we don't, you know, uh, as it were, we're not saved to serve, but I like to put it this way, we serve because we're saved. Mm -hmm. If you flip that around, you'll always maintain the joy of doing from the menial task that needs to be done to the greatest task. And I'm a great believer that if we do the small things well, God will lead us to greater things. But God proves us along the way. You did that, that handing out of hymn books. Yeah. One of the best hymn book hand router ever. <laughs> and you did that for a period of time. And what happened? Absolutely. Well, again, what happened then was I started to be asked to do other things in the church. I became what was known, and this, this is funny, uh, was the deputy song leader. The deputy, the deputy song, song leader, leader, because there was there, there was the the worship leader. There was one under that, and then I was the deputy one. The funny thing was, there used to be a cartoon that used <laughs> to be on TV called Deputy Dog. Oh. You know, <laughs> and, and so we I would remember, yeah. so we would have some fun with that, you know, and then it worked its way up. And, and don't ask me how, but I ended up becoming the worship leader. It's not my greatest talent, but the thing was, you always do what God wants you to do. Uh, 
And uh, so then I'd led the worship. Then I got to lead the prayer meeting uh, on a Tuesday night. Then I was able to take the Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, then I was in charge of the youth ministry. Uh, then I became the youngest board member within the, in the church. Now, during all of that time, I was also in charge of the outreach ministry within our church because I served in that church for 10 years. So from 15 years of age, you know, 1968 to 1978, uh, we would go downtown Belfast, which, you know, was, you know, the capital there of, of, of Northern Ireland. And we would literally on the streets give out thousands of pieces of literature. Now, you remember when I first got invited, it was through a piece of literature that was given to me. And so we would give out literature of, you know, Bible verses and tracts and invitation, uh, because every Sunday, not only would we have our morning church service and our evening church service, but we would also have afternoon outreaches at Belfast City Hall. And uh, so, We'd be given out literature on the Saturday to invite people to the Sunday and also for our tent crusades right throughout Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland. So you were involved in the church. You, you had an outreach in Belfast City Hall. Absolutely, yes. Because that was the way that you got the message of Jesus Christ to the people. Correct, yes, yeah. So that, that, sounds, like a, that sounds like a really big deal. Like that's, a, that's exciting. It, it was amazing as to what... God is able to do when we be, be, be obedient to Him. Now, you're still in Ireland. Okay? Still in Ireland. And now you're in Canada, but you've been here for a while, and uh, you married a beautiful woman, and you have kids and all that stuff. On the next program, <laughs> on the next program, we're going to get to how in the world did you get to Canada? Because Canada's on the other side of the pond, yes. the other side of the ocean. I mean, cross the Atlantic. So, again, tell the, your friends and your folks that uh, watch this with you that on the next program, you're going to learn about how he came to Canada and what happened and how he developed. Today, he is the pastor of a large church, Faith Gospel Tabernacle in Brampton, Ontario. It is our church. It's a great church. Come visit him sometime. But let's get back to the program. You know, as we read those prayer requests on the screen, it becomes important because prayer is such a powerful thing. And we need to pray and we need to ask the Lord, Lord, I choose to listen. I listen to your Holy Spirit through your word at work in my life. Help me to do that today. And, and I pray that you would touch everybody who is truly praying by the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. 